Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Today, we are in the Life Study of Romans. And Ron Kangas has joined us to fellowship about the Book of Romans. Welcome to the program, Ron. I'm always glad to be here, Matt. Well, Ron, we're going to look once again today at God's condemnation as it's presented in Romans chapter 1. Could you begin the program today by briefly touching why it's important for mankind to have a realization of God's condemnation? Uh, This is an important matter to understand accurately. Paul's goal in writing this epistle is to present Christ to us as our Redeemer, as the one who has reconciled us to God, as the one in whom we are justified by grace through faith, as the one in resurrection who dwells in our spirit, as the one who is at the right hand of God praying for us, this is his burden. But he realized that in order for us to really recognize our need for such a wonderful Christ, we need to understand our dreadful, fallen condition in the eyes of God. Therefore, when Paul, in some detail, speaks of various aspects of God's judgment, God's condemnation on the human race generally, on the self-righteous, on the religious, on the totality of the world— His purpose is to awaken in us the realization of how incurable our fallen situation is. There is no way to improve it, personally or regarding the whole world. And this kind of realization, granted to us by this aspect of the gospel, is a mercy to us. It's a blessing because this opens the way for Paul in Romans to present Christ to us, and it has the effect of opening our being to what Paul is presenting, and it produces in us a need, a longing, a desire to have such a Christ to be not only our objective Savior and Redeemer, but to have the resurrected Christ indwelling in us as our life. This is the thought that underlies this section of Romans. Thank you, Ron. That's really helpful. Let's join Witness Lee as we look into Romans chapter 1 and God's condemnation. Human culture 
is the best invention made by man. And among or within human culture, the top item is religion. As far as human things go, nothing can compare with religion. Religion is at the top of human culture. Without religion, human culture is just something so wild. The best religion, the genuine, the sound, fundamental religions. Firstly, Judaism. And secondly, Christianity are of the same source, the Bible. Beside these two religions, you do have Muslim. Its source, I would say, was also uh from Judaism. The Koran is just a copy of the Old Testament. So, beside these, strictly speaking, you don't have another religion. Buddhism, it is not a religion. A religion is one that teaches people to worship God. In Buddhism, there's no God. Just Buddha. Could you follow me? The teachings of Confucius are absolutely nothing religious. His teachings are altogether on ethics. Ethical teachings. Very good. But it has nothing to do with God. We all have to know. What we need is not a religion. What we need is not something related to God, but just God himself. What we need is not the way to worship God, but God the living person to get into us. We don't need a religion. We need the very God. We all have to know when God gave us the Bible, God had no intention to give us a religion. God's intention was to reveal himself through his holy word into us. Religion is just a vanity. Here, according to Paul's writing, number one, religion has an outward name. It means nothing. If you are real in the spirit to say you are a Christian, a believer, that's fine, wonderful. But if you don't have the reality, you just keep the outward name, that means nothing. That is vanity. Number two, there is God. That is my creator. And I worship him. I know him. Yes, you know him in outward knowledge. Everything you have about God is just outward. What we need is the inward knowledge, the knowledge that is in our spirit. 
we need such an inward and subjective knowledge of God. Paul says to the Jews, if your circumcision is an outward thing, that is not the real one. Circumcision has to be something inward, in the heart and in the spirit. Ron, let's stop and fellowship right here. Witness Lee focused on vain religion in his discussion of God's condemnation. We surely want to be clear about what this is referring to and also be sobered so as not to fall into such a category ourselves. Would you elaborate on this for our listeners? Okay, vain religion. So vain indicates that it's meaningless, it's useless, and especially it's devoid of reality. So Paul is here addressing the genuinely religious people. And specifically in Romans, he's addressing those who are in Judaism as a religion. If we read through the Gospels, Acts, and the Epistles carefully, we will see how religion opposes Christ himself. The Lord said in John, the Gospel of John, that those from the religious world will persecute the believers, thinking that they're serving God even if they kill believers. And Saul of Tarsus was breathing out murder, we're told in Acts chapter 9. The point I'm trying to make here is that religion as a system is devoid of reality because it is devoid of the person of Christ himself. One may be a religious person. One may be in Judaism and adhere to and practice that religious system, but yet God is not there. There's no reality there. And this applies even more to Christianity, which has both the Old Testament and the New Testament as a source that has been used to form a religion. When we speak of Christianity, and we need to speak of it, we need to make clear what we are doing. We're not talking about the faith that Christians all hold in common for their salvation. We are by no means talking about Christians as persons. We certainly are not referring to Christ himself. Christianity is a complex, intricate, religious system and one may be part of Christianity in some formal way, legal way, social way, or to some ritualistic way, and adhere to certain concepts 
altogether without Christ himself, altogether without the person, the living person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is vanity. We need to see this. Paul was very clear. He saw a light brighter than the sun that exposed his religious system and his participation in it. So he forsook it all, counted it as nothing for the sake of Christ. And this is the thought here. One shouldn't think, because I'm part of this, I'm fine with God. Paul makes it very clear, you may not be right with God. Being a religious person means nothing. The religious system is vain. We should realize this and accept God's condemnation of those that are religious in this sense. Religious persons in particular need to realize the difference between Christianity as a system and Christ himself as this wonderful, divinely human person, the Son of God, the Son of Man, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Life-Giver, our Lord. Accepting God's condemnation of the religious, those in the religious system, opens the way for a religious person to no longer trust his religion, but to seek the Lord and to open to the Lord as a wonderful, living, resurrected God-man. Thanks, Ron. That was really helpful. Let's join Witness Lee for more of our life study of Romans. What you need is not an outward form. What you need is the inward reality. What you are, what you do, and what you have, all have to be in spirit. If you get yourself circumcised or baptized, or if you have circumcision or baptism, you've got to be in spirit. Do it in spirit. The spirit here is the human spirit. Why in spirit? Why you have to do something in your spirit? Why you have to have something in your spirit? Because your spirit is the very spot where God can come in. It's the very site, S-I-T-E, very ground where God can do things for you. Not in your mind, nor in other parts of your being, but just in your spirit. If you are a Christian in your spirit, then this means you are a Christian with God. If you do something in your spirit, this means you do something with God. Without God, everything is vain. Without God, everything is a vanity. But with God, everything becomes reality. So we all have to come back 
to our spirit. Do you love others? You have to love people in your spirit. Otherwise, I don't trust in your love. Your love might be a political one. You might be a politician to love me. But if you love me in your spirit, surely your love is with God. Whatever we are, whatever we do, and whatever we have, it has to be in our spirit with the Lord. We all have to learn how to do things, how to have things, and how to be something in our spirit. When you say to your dear wife that you love her, would you say it in your spirit? Whatever we are, whatever we do, and whatever we have, we have to do, and we have to have it in spirit. This is not religion. This is the reality. In this portion of the condemnation on the religious, we could see religion means nothing. It's all together a bad So we have to stay away from religion. Well, Ron, we had a very strong exhortation by Witness Lee that the way to be saved from vain religion is to do all things in our spirit. And that sounds very good, but let me ask you a basic question. How do we practically locate our spirit? We don't locate our spirit by searching for it. We're not told explicitly where the human spirit is from the scriptures. But there are strong indications. It is the deepest part of our tripartite being. Outwardly, we have the physical body, the physical part. Within our body, we have our soul with the mind, emotion, and will, with the life of the soul. Some only see this. Even some Christians think we're just body and soul. But a verse such as 1 Thessalonians 5.23 speaks of spirit and soul and body. So our spirit is deep within our soul. It is distinct from our soul. It is the organ in the depths of our being that is capable of contacting God, receiving God, and containing God. When the Lord was speaking about the thirsty coming to him, this is in John 7, to receive rivers of living water, then rivers of living water will flow out from his innermost being. That is referring to the Spirit, our innermost being. So we need the Lord to enlighten us through his word concerning the fact that we have a spirit within our soul. Then we need to learn to turn our whole being to the Lord, 
to call on him and to exercise this organ, our spirit, to contact the Lord who dwells in the regenerated spirit of believers. Even, according to 1 Corinthians 6.17, we who have received the Lord, have been born of God, are one spirit with the Lord. As Romans 8.16 says, the spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. So I may add, it is this witnessing of the spirit along with our spirit that is another way of our learning what and where our spirit is. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Paul says, and this word among all the human beings, not one is righteous, and not one is good. Do you believe? I do believe. Do you think that you are righteous? Do you think that you are good? No. All become subject to the judgment of God. Totally hopeless. This is where we were before we got saved. We were all under the righteous judgment of God because we were all wrong. Not one of us was seeking God. Not one of us was understanding God. Not one of us that didn't tear away and uh, become useless. Not one of us was righteous. Not one of us was good. We all were under the righteous judgment of God. So you see, the totality of hopelessness with all the world. This is why we all need God's salvation. And this section of condemnation paves the way for God's salvation Amen. and opens up the door for people to get into God's salvation. Paul paves the way that regardless how we are, what we are, and who we are, we all have to realize that we need Christ. Amen. We need Christ with his redemption. We need Christ. Why he put out such a section of word as a can condemnation on these people, on that people, because his intention was to pave the way that he could minister Christ into us. The ultimate goal of Paul's gospel is to minister Christ into us. Regardless you are one of the mankind, or regardless, you are one self-righteous, or you are one so religious, or you are just a person on this earth, in the world, you have to know that you need Jesus. 
you need Jesus. And your need is in your spirit. Don't pay attention to the outward things, outward doings, but turn yourself to your spirit. And there, in the spirit, you will meet with Christ. There, in the spirit, you will have Christ and you will enjoy Christ. So we all have to realize the condemnation on all kinds of peoples is a pavement for us to receive Christ, for Christ to get into us. Ron, the book of Romans, of course, is a wonderful book, but Paul's presentation of God's condemnation on the world really touches all of us before we were saved. We were all helpless and hopeless, regardless of whether our background was worldly or religious. And in such a condition, we become the perfect candidates to receive Christ's salvation, aren't we? This is exactly the point that we try to emphasize at the beginning of our fellowship. It is a serious self-deception for us to think that, well, there's more good in us than evil or we can somehow improve, or the whole world system can improve. That can lead us to perdition. But to be enlightened by God's condemnation on the totality of humanity will cause us to realize we are hopeless, we are incurable, we cannot be improved Human society is not going to improve. In ourselves, we're totally lost. No one is righteous. No one seeks God. No one is truly genuine. We're all in the same category. But it is the grace and mercy of the Lord through the presentation of the full gospel as revealed in Romans to show us what we are and where we are and that we are under God's universal judgment of the entire human race. This has the effect of subduing all of us and enabling all of us to turn to the Lord, to appreciate Him, to believe into Him, to receive Him, and to be one with Him. This is God's goal, this was Paul's purpose, and this is our testimony. Well, thanks, Ron. We have many more life studies in the Book of Romans ahead, and hopefully you'll be back to join us for many of them. For Ron Kingus, I'm Matt Miller. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. These programs are based on messages Witness Lee gave when he did a comprehensive book-by-book study of the Bible, showing how Christ is life to man. Whether you're hearing these life studies via radio, online, or as a podcast, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. There, you'll find more than 1,700 audio studies covering every book of the Bible. Again, That's lifestudy.com. Thanks again for listening.